This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, Jespreet Dhaliwal from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and she is here to take all of your questions and your calls about all things pharmaceuticals. Now, uh, as we've talked here many times, many Zoomers take multiple medications, and they may get to a point where it's a good idea to go off one or more of them. And this process has a name. It's called de-prescribing. We've talked about it before. And there's a proper way to taper off or stop a medication. And it's really, really important to consult your pharmacist or your doctor instead of deciding that you're going to stop this and go cold turkey on your own. So Jespreet is here to explain why this is so important. She's going to answer all your questions about how to do that, but also on whatever else you want to ask her about drugs. The numbers to call before we go, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Jaspreet, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so um, what do people have to know? Deprescribing is not a new concept, except in the last little bit. There's been a lot of research and studies and um, a lot of uh, government, even ministry, on t- like focus on how do we get seniors off of certain medications that they don't actually need to be on? So they've, I mean, there's certainly lots of different types of medications that can be deprescribed. There's really good algorithms that they've kind of studied out for at least four different classes of uh, medications that are commonly used in seniors. And the reason why we focus on seniors is because, well, it's, it's not that we only focus on seniors. Deprescribing can be done in any demographic, but seniors, um, as you get older, your liver and kidney functionalities change. So the risk of side effects from these medications increase. So we taper them down. Uh, We hardly ever stop cold turkey on anything. And this is the pharmacist will work with the physician to make sure that the patient is really receiving optimal therapy. And that's the goal at the end of the day, is that the pharmacist as the medication management individuals to help you be on the optimal therapy versus lots of different medications Mm -hmm. for various things. So, yeah, I know that that sometimes people just, they get a medication yeah. and they stay on it yeah. for years and no, they don't even ask, why am I on this for so long? Or they, they so there's, sometimes that happens that they, they don't question why they're on stuff. Sometimes like there's this one class of medications that's for your stomach. It's like things like Nexium or Pantaloc. Those things are what we call proton pump inhibitors and they really help with reflux. So, I mean, it's a common condition as you get older that you have reflux, um, but it generally takes, it's just usually symptomatic. And, it, and even if you had an ulcer or something that you were treating, it takes about four to eight weeks to treat. And then you can get off of it. But people aren't it forever. 
And there's certainly been evidence to show that taking this medication for a long period of time can cause an increased risk of infections and even uh, fractures as you get older because it depletes the amount of elements that are absorbed in the body. So, uh, yeah, so certainly that's one of the groups where, you know, people will be on it forever and uh, they just don't want to get off of it because they're scared that their symptoms might come back, their reflux symptoms might come back, and rightly so because it's very, very uncomfortable. Um, but most of the time they can be taken off. Now, there are, there are certain people that should be on this class of medication all the time, though, as well. So like people who are taking um, certain types of painkillers um, chronically for arthritis or whatever, they need to be on another medication like this to help protect their stomach. But by and far, a lot of people can be taken off this, this family of medications. Okay, let's uh, go to the phones. We've got Marvin in Toronto. Hi, Marvin. Hi. How are you today? Fine. Okay, my comment is I was recently into my pharmacist and we were talking about um, drugs that are returned to be disposed of by the pharmacy. And she was saying that there are metric tons of it every year. And I'm wondering what the pharmacists are doing or the government can do about reducing that because the pharmacist was saying a lot of times a person will be given a prescription they will try a couple of pills, and it's just they have a bad ad for, ad reaction to it. Yep. They're returning, okay, say thirty out of twenty-eight out of thirty. That's government money wasted. What can be done to reduce that? So, so actually, in fact, for that very reason alone, um, there are plans that are, uh, that are out there that have introduced trial RX programs. The government has one as well. So you try the medication for a 30-day supply. Um, even if the doctor's written 90, it gets cut back to 30-day supply. Um, there's other programs out there that are similar, so those are cut back by your insurance company. Um, if it is, if, if it is in, it's kind of like a catch-22 because... Uh, Patients also, you know, there's a dispensing fee and a markup associated with the actual dispensing of the medication. So oftentimes I'll get the counter argument, no, give me everything. I want everything because I only want to pay one fee. Um, so, you know, it's, it, 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 it is a bit tricky, but definitely there are programs in place to help for that one, that very reason alone, that there is a lot of wastage of but medication. But even if it's a 30-day, you're still wasting 28 days Yeah. Of- so how long does it usually take to know if you're going to have a bad reaction to something? Yeah, it's not only if you're going to have a bad reaction, it's if you're going to if it's actually effective for you and then that's very very specific on the type of medication you're using, right? So let's just say if you're using an antidepressant or something, that's a good 4 to 6 weeks that we need to figure out whether or not it's effective effective for you. Some of the side effects will even go away after four to six weeks. So um, it, it's kind of hard to say. Like if you were, I mean, if you ha- if you you are taking a medication where you want to do a trial on it, you can definitely ask your pharmacist. So legal obligations in Ontario, basically pharmacists have to give the full quantity as written by the physician on the prescription. So if it says 90-day supply, I have to supply you 90-day supply unless your plan says otherwise. But if you request less than that because you want to do a trial and you want to work closely with your pharmacist to monitor, Mm -hmm. um, you can definitely do that. You would just have to sign off on a prescription saying that. Okay, now see, as a PSW, I have clients that have done that, and the the pharmacists have refused that. Your pharmacists have refused to... Not my pharmacist, but my my client's pharmacists have refused that. 
to give like a less supply. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not exactly sure. Like, it could. I'm not sure exactly what the situation would be. Like, each drug comes in different types of packaging. Um, mm-hmm. There could be inhalers that you can't break apart. You know. So this. No, don't days, I understand? Yes. Don't I understand. Yeah. So I, I would take it back up with your pharmacist, the the pharmacist, um, and let them know that this is an issue. Um, we are mandated by the ministry, so for the seniors population to. Um, you know, fill certain days' supply. Um, it, it gets kind of complicated when you get into the technicality, so there could be a lot of things going on there. So I would definitely just double-check with your pharmacist. Okay, Marvin, okay. thanks for bringing that up. I think that's uh, something to think about because it, at the end of the day, it's going to help all of us if there's less waste. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, thanks, Marvin. Thanks for taking my call. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, uh, we have to take a quick break, but we are going to be back with more from Jaspreet Dhaliwal. Uh, we're talking about deprescribing. We're talking about um, trial offers of drugs to cut down on waste. We'd like to hear from you. Do you have any medication that maybe you're not sure if you should still be on? You're thinking about stopping it or you've been advised to stop it and you're nervous about doing that because... It's been working for you. So uh, Jespreet is here. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Also, if you have an experience of stopping a medication, uh, please share that with us. We'd like to hear from you, and we'll be right back. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. I am here with Jaspreet Dhaliwal from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking about deprescribing, and that is getting off medications that you've been on. There are four classes of drugs where you should think about whether you should still be on those drugs. She, of course, is ready to answer any of your questions, so let me just give you the numbers again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And Jaspreet, what are the four classes of drugs? So so there certainly are lots of different types of um, uh, classes of uh, medications that you can deprescribe, but there's been a lot of good work done in four different types of classes. Was One was, was those stomach medications I was talking about. Another one is a certain type of diabetic medication um, over the age of 65. So those are things like sulfonylurea, so like glyburide or something like that. We see that people who take it after 65, they have a 50% higher risk of getting hypoglycemia, meaning having very, very low blood sugar levels. So the, the benefit of taking it is really not there. Uh, then there's also antipsychotic medications, um, and sometimes they are started in patients. So antipsychotics would be things like Zyprexa. Um, they're usually used for either schizophrenia or bipolar, but there's a lot of off-label indications for it as well to help with anxiety and sleep. Um, but definitely those kinds of medications as well as um, benzodiazepines which are to help with sleep and zoplicone which is also to help with sleep. All of these medications so if you think about it um, your body as you get older is not metabolizing it and not getting rid of them quick quick enough so they actually kind of bulk up in your body meaning you get more confused, you're just memory loss higher risk of falls um there is which is huge yeah exactly it's it's huge and and i've been told that when it comes to sleep medication 
you shouldn't be on it for very, very long, just for a little bit. Yeah, it's short-term therapy, two to three weeks maximum. But, I mean, people are on it for years and years and years, um, especially benzodiazepines, um, certainly with Zoplicone as well. We see that, but people are just, you know, uh, there is an a, a addiction as well as withdrawal component to it as well. So, you know, that that could be part of why it's so hard to get off of them in the first place, right? I've, I've We've heard from people on the show who are just, nervous about getting off. Exactly, because you go into withdrawal. You start getting panic attacks. You start getting nervous. You get cold sweats. It does not It does not feel good. So what you want to do is you want to work with the pharmacist who will also work with your physician to slowly taper it down. So you would be decreasing your dose slowly to a point where you're not dependent on it anymore. Okay, let's take a call from Linda in Hamilton. Hello, Linda. Hello. I'm phoning about renewing medications. Okay. Um, I um, got a new prescription from a new doctor in Hamilton for Lipitor, which I've been having for several years, and he happened to give me um, two months with repeats on it. When I went into the pharmacy, they were a little annoyed and said that I needed to get the doctor to uh, prescribe for me three months at a time, something to do with how they got paid by the Ontario government, because I'm assuming it's partly covered. Yeah. Okay. So what happened is, and I mean, um, I mean, shouldn't have gotten annoyed, but yeah. (laughs) So what happened is, so if you're over 65, the government has cut back to how many dispensing fees that they will pay pharmacies. So they've cut it back to five. Yeah. So they've cut it back to five fees a year, which is why you'll see pharmacists asking for that 90 to the supply. It's not that they're asking, it's just that they're, I mean, they're, they're trying to get you full coverage for the medication for the entire year as well. And the government actually really wants you to get a three-month supply. So that part of the annoyance in it is the fact mm-hmm. that the doctor didn't write it for three months in the first place. But there could be so many reasons why the doctor didn't write it for three months, right? So... It, it, no, it, I, I, yeah, I just asked him for the prescription because I had changed physicians yeah. and I wanted to have his name on my script. So it never occurred to me that I had to get three months of a time because I never had before. Has this recent? So these changes happened probably, I would say, about a year ago or so, maybe. Okay. Uh, okay where it's the it. five. Yeah, so you'll hear quite commonly the five fees, uh, 90 days supplies. The government wants us to fill in 90 days supplies. And it's not just the government. There's other programs out there too, other insurers and adjudicators that want the pharmacists to fill in 90 day supplies. And we do what we can do. So even the way your prescription was written, Lipitor two months with repeats, it's actually hard to switch that to a three-month supply just because of the um, technicalities with legislation and what pharmacists can actually manipulate in a prescription, right? So uh, that's why it's just easier if they (laughs) write three-month supply. So it's five times, uh, five, um, what do you call it, fees a year that they'll pay, is that correct? Yes, exactly. So that's just, and that's for every script? Uh, For every drug that you're taking for every yeah, fill. fill yeah every okay. every medication that you're taking so if you're taking Lipitor throughout the course of the year then it would yes. be five fees for the Lipitor so if you're starting that um if that were a new script then there's going to be more waste if it doesn't work so that's the thing so yeah. it, it, so you know if it was a new <laughs> script it would be cut it would still be cut back to 30 day supply that still happens all right yeah okay yeah that still right. happens all these things, I'm, yeah. I'm learning all this stuff I had no idea about. And it's, it's interesting. Fascinating and you, mm-hmm. you've got to hand it to 
the government and the insurance company, I mean, you know, they're trying to keep costs down and that benefits yeah. all of us. But but then there's, uh, you know, the pharmacist probably shouldn't have been annoyed because it's not Linda's fault. It's nobody's fault. Yeah, yeah. it's really no, nobody's fault. I was annoyed, but I was going to my doctor within the next 10 days. Okay, so. So I said, okay, I will ask him to rewrite the script. And did, did you? Yes, he did. Okay. And he did rewrite it. So it's 30 days with repeats. Uh, sorry, uh, 90 days with repeats. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so, so I mean, thanks that, yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not the norm that it would be that it would become that complicated, actually. Like, um, pharmacists are usually quite good at handling these situations. This is our day in, day out. I mean, we deal yeah. with insurance and billing issues more than I think anybody really appreciates. I mean, we are the patient advocates. We, we are the medication management people, but we spend a lot of time on these kinds of details as well. Okay, Linda, thanks for your call. Okay, Tanya in Etobicoke. Hi, Tanya. Hi. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, good day. My question is, why are there so many adverse side effects more so than the pluses? I hear it every time I hear a drug commercial. In America, they're very blatant. They'll tell you all the many ways the drug will harm you. And very little good. Okay, so uh, not considered a problem. Um, okay, so if we if we look at medications in general, okay, so the uh, manufacturers have to disclose what the side effects are. Now, if you look at the number, the percentage of people that actually experience those side effects, it's usually far and few. But those need to be disclosed and reported in a monograph. When a when anything goes into your body, uh, let's just say water. Water goes into your body. It has an effect. It hydrates you. But, you know, you also have to go to the washroom. So that's a side effect, right? That's, so, only, that's a good side effect. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, I mean, but like it, there's... Toxins, you, it's a God-given effect. It's yeah. a good effect. <laughs> so the similar... are hurting people, okay? Well, Those are not good side effects. There's no... You have no comparison on that one. Okay. So no, I'm, I, uh, Tanya, your, your line is funny, so I'm going to let you go and let just breathe. Okay, Okay, good. let's just re- yeah, respond. So, okay, yeah. so um, I think what we fail to recognize sometimes is the amount of evidence that there is in in, in all the medications that are out there. All the medications that are prescribed, um, there is a reporting system for adverse effects. There is huge surveillance on these medications. They come out only when they can prove prove efficacy in in the body, right? Um, they don't come out if there's They're no... Not, the drugs aren't yeah, approved. Yeah, exactly. I so, think that what she's referring to is that sometimes it's almost amusing in the commercials. In the commercials, yeah. Right, they, they start reading really fast every possible side effect, and of course... Yeah, uh, so those are the American commercials, yeah. not the Canadians at yeah. all. So Canadians actually don't put those kind of commercials well, out. Well, you don't yeah. put drug commercials yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the Americans, because they just have to... They yeah, have to be and completely the side effects... Yeah, the side effects, obviously, like, it's something to think about, but not every side effect affects every person. Exactly. And fi- and typically, we, I mean, there are side effects with medications, and we, your pharmacist will tell you which ones you need to really worry about. Your physician will tell you. Um, and if there's anything rare, then, you know, that gets reported into Health Canada as well. So there is surveillance on these adverse effects. So they... I think the point is to also say that they are effective. Medications are very, very effective for treating lots and lots of different conditions, but they do come with their side effects. Okay. And uh, just, Breet, we were talking about the classes of drugs where you should think about 
de-prescribing because maybe those medications will start doing you more harm than good. So uh, did we cover all yeah, of that? Yeah, so there was, I, yeah, I really wanted to hit the benzodiazepines. So those are like things like your lorazepam, your clonazepam, commonly used um, for anxiety or for sleep. Um, and usually um, that, that would be something that we want to taper off um, in seniors. Uh, Zoplicone was the other one for sleep. And then also the class of the antipsychotic medications that those would also want to be tapered off. So none of these cold turkey, please. Like nobody just stop taking it. I think what the most important thing to do is look at, like for all the listeners out there, is like look at your medications and actually think to yourself, do I actually need to continue taking all these medications? Is there something I can do to reduce my dose? So even, you know, maybe we're not talking about completely getting off the medications, just let's decrease the dose so you have less side effects with the medication. Um, is there an alternative option? Is there other type of therapy that might be beneficial for me where I don't need the medication? Um, if if what hap- When I stop taking the medication, what kind of side effects would I get? What kind of symptoms I get? So those are all the questions you'd be working out with your pharmacist. So I, I would say look at your medications and see, ask yourself, do I need to really be taking everything here? Okay, I think that's a good question to ask. And thank you so much for that, Jaspreet Dhaliwal, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Free for All Friday coming up tomorrow if we couldn't get to you or if there is something you want to tell us about. We will be listening tomorrow and airing your calls. And right now we break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.